this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Hello and welcome to episode 170 of So Do We Still Like This, uh, recording on a Friday evening, which means you might just hear screaming children in the background, because that's usually how these things go. Joining me here today is, oh my god, the guy from TikTok. Whoop whoop. You're the guy I saw on the news. Yep, that's me, folks. Tell us, tell us more about about your new TikTok fame and your conquering of a social media platform I haven't even begun to understand. It was a complete accident. Uh, it was used to um, kill time during a lunch break once, twice, three times a lady. And by about the fourth video, it was, uh, it was viral. And uh, all we do is talk about washers and dryers and, you know, mattresses and things like that which we thought was completely benign and would be a joke and it went from being a joke to a job overnight yeah 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 i've seen the videos you do you i guess should we should we shout out the business should we yeah, shout out sure. the business should we shout out the the account name i think we should it's mcmullen appliance and mattress i think yeah. you're the only tiktok account i follow you do a good job of because when you say it's just, oh, it's about washers, it's not just, you know, look at, look at, here's this, this was pretty good. Like it's done in an interesting way, like the nickel test. And there was the one that's just, here are the guts of these two washers from 40 years apart. And yes, um, that one video, I think it was 31,000 hours of viewing in five days. Oh my God. That's like, so, yeah. Ariana Grande levels. I don't know who's big on TikTok. And I haven't done the math, and it's all just happened so fast. But yeah, it's um, it's quite a scene, man. Yeah, I saw the uh, the sign up saying, you know, hey, we're the guys from TikTok, and yeah, it's been CTV really, and CBC, CTV and, and it's been really um, getting out there. Yeah, and it got picked up nationally. I'm not sure, you know, if you watch the Regina News. Or, oh, uh, every night. If you pick up CTV never Vancouver. Miss, never miss the Regina news. So, yeah, it's been like, uh, it's uh, it's national, you know, coast to coast now. So are you, starting to, are you starting to get people who are saying, you know, I drove all the way here from Sudbury to, to buy a mattress from you guys. And they're happy to do so. Wow. It's almost like, uh, yeah, like sleeping outside to get Rolling Stones tickets level I, type stuff i guess really like how many businesses in you know, similar sales are out there doing anything like that that aren't just you know hey yeah all i can think of is like the delari ads like hey yeah. i'm so and so from come get your appliances here we have almost like all nobody these on washers TikTok. and dryers do you have dirty clothes put them in our washer and they will they will look sparkly clean wouldn't so, you think 
like because it's such a necessity you wouldn't think you'd even have to market it right like people need clean clothes and cold food and stuff right yeah but i don't know there's always that like we f- almost fell into the trap of like ah, i could probably spend like a couple hundred on whatever and it'll be fine it's like or what if you spent more money on a product that won't be useless in less than two years yeah so i think that's what's good about those videos is is, is it's showing more like you know smart smart oh gosh shop smart yeah um, you can't afford to buy cheap stuff. No, that is a, a, a harsh lesson that we have learned in the past. So we course corrected that when we actually, I guess, even more of a plug because we bought our stuff from you. So, well, and it's we're still st- going strong. We're straight shooters, you know. Um, that's what it's all about is the honest approach. And uh, we don't sell what we don't like. Or if we do, we say, yeah, this is a piece of junk. And then we'll sell it to you, but you know, you know what you're yeah, getting usually. That's on you. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, good fun. on you. I'm I'm glad that it I'm glad that it has struck a chord. And then it's almost inspired me to because I oh I downloaded TikTok to be like, let's check this out. <laughs> and so now I'm like, should I make a TikTok video? And mostly um, I'm like, no, but I don't know, maybe. Well, like. There's a guy who just empties people's septic tanks, right? And he's even more popular than us, I believe. There's another one I saw. They might become my second follow. She just cleans gravestones. She like power washes gravestones. Oh, I'd heard about it, but I actually ventured down that road. Yeah, it's you cleaned really a satisfying. gravestone. Yeah, like that I did it. Yeah. No, I watched this other lady do it. That's what I mean. I would be in, I wouldn't know how to clean a gravestone. I'd be in there with those baby wipes, be like, this isn't doing a goddamn thing. (laughs) You shouldn't have hired me for this job. Oh my goodness. But yeah, um, TikTok is a very hard thing to look away from. And yeah, um, that's what I found once you get in there. It's very big on like, whoa, where are you? Wait, wait, where are you going? Yeah, and they're always trying to educate you, but not in this, not in that direct of a manner, I guess, yeah. is what uh, they're saying to us. We'll see. I might go further down that rabbit hole, but in the meantime, we have another rabbit hole to go down. Oh, because oh boy, <laughs> we did celebrating. At, I don't actually. I didn't check when when it came out. I know it came out in 1991. I didn't look up. The exact day, because obviously it's in its 30th anniversary year, but how close are we to the actual? Well, it was like supposed it's... to be released, get this, Christmas. Oh, God. You know what? There's an interview on the Blu-ray with Dan Aykroyd who said that they made this movie as something to watch with the family. Which, Man. Like, the Manson family. Yeah, like, I understand that was your intent. But 30 years later, you have to look back and go, we did not succeed. And I mean, I've been watching this movie since I was a young lad. And, well, it speaks for itself. I feel like most of my viewings were a direct result of you. Um, I couldn't remember if I actually enjoyed it, which is why I was very interested in this episode. It's like, I know it kind of stuck around for a while, but I, I hadn't seen it since... I guess whenever the last time we watched it was. 
And I feel like you definitely had a bigger affinity for it. Whereas I was like, I don't know. So I wanted to go back and see like. I mean, you know, those like Bob Dylan songs that are like 16 minutes long and the really loud harmonica solos that not everybody's into. I feel like this movie is kind of a branch of that tree. It's a Um, weird glimpse inside 1991 Dan Aykroyd's being. So, sorry, dear God. Um, I always wondered where, where the concept even came from. So in my small amount of research I've did, you know, in the last uh, 71 minutes, um, it turns out that Dan Aykroyd used to commute between his farm in Canada and Saturday Night Live. And he got pulled over in a small northern New York town or hamlet or what have you and taken to a weird creepy court of some sort where the judge woke up and you know find him 50 bucks or whatever and then uh, apparently they drank tea for four hours yeah he mentions that in the interview like oh and he li- she liked me so i just hung around so yeah it was a combination of that and some dreams he had been having <laughs> so that Which? fills in the rest of the gaps i guess it's and- very dreamlike it is very dreamlike. It's, I was reading that, and we'll get into what the movie's actually about in a second, as much as we can, I guess. Uh, I was reading that apparently on set, the crew had the best time because he just never said no. So they'd come up and be like, you know, it'd be cool. Let's build a big machine that grinds people into bones. And you'd go, yes, let's do that. And then the studio would come and say, you're millions of dollars over budget. Please stop doing this. And he did not. Ooh, so it just, it just seems like the, anyone who, who had an insane idea just got to go in the movie. I could get into the budget if you like, because um, I was so shocked. $40 million budget. $8.4 million <laughs> return on that. Yep, it opened I, eighth at the box office. Like, that's hard. It opened now, against Silence of the Lambs and Sleeping with the Enemy. Who's competing against those? Especially when it's a uh, eccentric film. I don't know how to call it an art film almost. It's it, it kind of like that's the thing is when you say it costs 40 million, I believe it. I can see that on the screen. Well, I 100% it, accept that they poured 40 million into that movie. I read that they bought every toaster they could get their hands on in Los Angeles. Yep. There's um, uh, a piece of the set is a bunch of crushed cars. And the set designer was saying he just got out and bought all these old classic cars and everyone hated him because he was like, all right, I'm going to smash up these classic cars, put them in big stacks. So shots that you barely register cost tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars to put together. But I guess, yeah, we should get into what the movie's actually about. Uh, it stars Chevy Chase as Chevy Chase. It's, he has a character name, but he's playing Chevy Chase. That's beautiful. What, Pierce? No. Uh, Christopher Lawrence Thorne. Thorne, that's what they're always calling him. Yeah, Pierce. What does he mean? Oh, Pierce is his community character name. Okay, there we go. Like that was birthed from something. 
so he is, well, he's not a banker. He always said a financial consultant or something, something adjacent oh, to being a banker. I think financial publishing. Yeah, he always corrects people. Thorns Weekly. Uh, he's throwing a party and Demi Moore, uh, I mean, 1991, Demi Moore shows up and she's got to go to Vegas to see a client. So he's like, oh, I'll drive you because he wants to sleep in 1991, Demi Moore. Uh, and he takes along his two eccentric French clients. They Brazilian. Failed- Oh, uh, oh yeah, they are Brazilian. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, hey, someone has to have paid attention. I'm well, glad so far. I'm glad that you're there to be like, actually. Yeah, no, there's a whole tattoo in my brain that's like, bro, really? <laughs> Long division or this? No. You yeah, made the no, cor- no. you made the correct choice. Well, here we are. Do you want do you want to remember how to solve for X or what nationality the clients from Nothing But Trouble are? I don't know that first yo Brazilian. So they oh, uh yeah, they're driving and Chase is like, oh, we're gonna take a well, I think he's persuaded, like we're gonna take a, a detour here off the off the turnpike, and they end up in this backwoods area where he runs a stop sign and then the cops try and pull him over, but he's like, oh, I can lose the cops. And he does like, not like any normal person does. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I can go up to 130 in my Buick. <laughs> Pretty sure he's driving a Buick, right? Well, I hate to break it to you. Yeah, I can't remember what year it is, but it's a BMW. Okay. And it's so shiny that it defies logic. But uh, remember the fact that he also had some sort of a dashboard GPS system long Ooh, before yeah. that was cool. In 1990. So there you go. That's how much money this guy has. Yeah. Uh, He's a big deal. The cop is played by John Candy, by the way, to keep the... This is a very 1991 cast going uh john candy in a very much i don't really want to be here capacity like he is just exuding that energy uh he is the cop who takes them to the town of valkenvania which was apparently right up until release the title of the movie and that's where they meet the judge played by dan Aykroyd in very very heavy gross old man makeup and he is he's going to sentence them. And then the whole movie just turns into this weird black comedy of like the judge is killing people. And how are they going to escape this horrible situation? And it's just from there, just like a Jenga tower of insanity where pieces actually no, because you take pieces out of a Jenga tower as a card tower to tower you build and you put crazier, crazier things in it. House of cards, House 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 of cards. Like an hour in when you're like, where is there to go from here? Well, what about if Dan Aykroyd played a grown fat baby man? You're like, all right, that tracks. Apparently he, uh, because of how long the makeup took or whatever, the fact that he was directing, playing the judge and playing Bobo, he would be like directing, but like wearing the Bobo costume. So there was a strange juxtaposition there. How do you even take that seriously? Well, I guess that was the idea. He also wanted to play Thorn, apparently, but the studio wanted Chevy Chase back in a time where studios wanted Chevy Chase. Which Apparently, he can be quite persnickety to deal with, but I've never met the man. Yeah, the uh, stories of him on the set are not very good. Apparently, he kind of went after Demi Moore and he was rubbing into Dan Aykroyd's face that he was getting paid more money than him, even though Dan Aykroyd was the director. 
goes on like that. I just, I don't know where that arrogance comes from. Well, he is heir to, oh, you ever, uh, well, you use the uh, public bathroom, like a urinal or whatever. I have. And, and it's been says, known to. Yeah, occasionally. And it'll say crane occasionally, like on your yeah. bathroom fixture. Oh, is he the heir to the, the he crane is bathroom? One fortune? of the heirs to the crane bathroom fortune. Why is he even acting? Why is he in nothing but trouble? He doesn't need the money. Wouldn't you? Yeah, that's like DuPont level, you know, weirdness money. Like that that feels like that's when you get your your Elijah Woods or your your Daniel Radcliffe, you fuck you money, and you just do the whatever weird project you want to do. Whereas it sounded like this one, he had no real interest in doing it, which is interesting because he does an interview on the Blu-ray that just came out. And he has trashed this movie in the past. He said, like, when he was reading the script, he's like, this is the worst movie I'm ever going to make. But he made it because he wanted to work with Dan Aykroyd. But in the interview, there's none of that, which is kind of disappointing. Like, there's a new Aykroyd interview and a new Chase interview, and both of them are just very, you know, oh, I'm happy it found an audience. And it's like, it's like Chase is like, oh, it's so funny. And Danny's so funny and so talented. It's like, hmm. I wanted a little bit more Chevy Chase. Like, ugh, yeah. I don't know what I was doing. Yeah. But none of that. And like, he also kind of has that energy. A lot of this movie that just like, well, I I'm here. I got to do it. Like his heart doesn't feel into it. Apparently he lost interest about 47% of the way through the film and just gave it that like at par, like, yeah, judge, whatever judge. Yeah. Like all of his, zippy chevy chase one-liners like they all just kind of fall flat like I, i'm trying to think of some exam- examples of that but I, like, nothing really stood out when he's in his like the early half hour like oh, i'm just chevy chase being a sarcastic asshole to everybody around me okay yeah i mean like, it was more like vegas vacation chevy chase not Christmas vacation, Chevy Chase. I guess. Yes, exactly. You don't get, yeah, that's actually really like the the Christmas vacation. You don't get any of that. Like he'll he'll do the deadpan stuff, and it's funny in that movie. But then that energy is mixed with like his big speech at the end, like that manic Chevy Chaseness, which never really comes out here. And it's it's a movie that demands a little bit more of that. Yeah. Everyone is taking in what's going on around them a little too blase. Like this falling is a movie. Floor. Yeah, like they're 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 falling through trap doors, and they watch a Baldwin brother get churned into bones. Billy, is it Billy Baldwin? Oh, it's, I don't even know anymore. I thought it was, I thought, Dan- it was I thought it was Daniel. Daniel, Danny. I think it's Danny Baldwin. Was he also in? Uh, the second greatest movie of all time, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. I think that was William. Oof. Let's look it up. Hey, well, hey, yeah. No one can blame us. We're, we're not doing very well at Know Your Baldwin, but here we go. That was okay. So, Nothing But Trouble was Danny Baldwin. Yeah. As dealer number one. Oh, a number. And. When did Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man come out? Like 90, 91? Oh, oh, oh that was him. I, yep. Same, same year. Oof. He knew how to pick him. Yeah. He went from, he was vet number one 
on Born on the Fourth of July than dealer number one. So he was always number one. Well, so that's, that's something and nothing but trouble. And then he was Alexander in Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. So he was not Harley Davidson or the Marlboro Man. But no, he played. Um, remember the game Syndicate? He yeah. played one of those like drone like soldier people that you got to direct. Holy shit, the cast. I've never actually seen Harley Davidson in the Marlboro Man, but the cast is really good now that oh, I'm looking at it. It's eclectic, let me tell you. So, yeah, it's a lot of these people were either super famous then or become super famous later. Huh. Uh, you know, Mickey Rourke, Don Johnson, Don Johnson, right? Don Johnson, Tia Carrere, Danny Baldwin, John Carlo Esposito, Vanessa Williams. Tom Shit. Sizemore, I guess that's a name. He'd be he'd be tough to work with, I think. He plays Chance Wilder. That sounds anyway. like a Elvis movie name, kind of. So nothing but trouble. Uh, yeah. So I was saying that they're they're just dealing with it too casually. Like there's the the gross dinner scene where the judge character is like, "Oh, we're gonna have a couple, cook us up some dogs and." Their hot dogs. Do they ever say what the meat is? But like the meat is still moving around. There's a theory. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. And I mean, I'm. This is an alleged thing, but um, it's apparently the meat from when they ground up Danny Baldwin and such. That makes sense. Yeah. And once they go through Mister Bone Stripper, which is the name of the machine that strips people that the judge finds guilty of their everything and into bones while a song called Mr. Bone Stripper plays. Uh, yeah. That, okay. That would make sense. Still weird that the meat's moving around, but yeah. And like, they're terribly made sausages. Not like I'm, I'm not a butcher, but you know, they're you really bad grills? sausages. Well, like I am halfway there, but yeah, they're, uh, they're very I mean, it's, you know, it's your standard, oh, these people are eating all this gross food around me kind of scene. And that's when we see that the judge has a dick nose, which he later removes. Uh, so, yeah. And his upper lip also. So, yeah, we, we find out later that a lot of his body parts are not real. Like his leg isn't real. There's a World couple War of One veteran, I believe. World yeah. War One. He removes his nose. And when you see the camera go close up it's clearly like his nose is the tip of a penis chevy chase reacts to it kind of which begs the question is it actually the penises of people he's finding guilty that he is attaching to his face to serve as a nose and is he doing that because he thinks it's funny jesus christ hang on um okay i've never even thought that deep on the matter and I didn't even see the quote unquote dick nose until I was like much older. Can't believe oh, it. Oh, yeah. Now, I probably wouldn't I have pieced it together. The definition of TVs got better and better. And, you, you know, you squint. It's like how but, in the first uh, Terminator, Arnold's junk is hidden by shadow, but now TVs have gotten so clear that you just see it flapping. Maybe oh you didn't goodness. go back and watch Terminator 1 on a good TV. There's nothing left of the imagination anymore. We've cleared it all up, and there it is. My goodness. Yeah. Um, In case you were wondering if Terminators had realistic genitalia, yes. The future well, isn't fucking around. I'm not going to be ready for that. Um, Unnecessary, too, for the mission, I would think. So it's kind of fun to think in the future. I guess 
Nah, if in a situation where he was naked and he needed to pass as a human, they send them back naked. So yeah, if he was smooth like a Ken doll, people would be like, robot, and the whole thing would be up. No, yeah, you know, you're going to need some realistic, you know, anatomically correct Terminators, I would feel. Yeah, that's true. They made the right call. So yeah, this guy is removing dead penises and putting them on his face. And his really wide walls in his house where there's slides, apparently, down to the bone pit. To the bone stripper. Yeah. Which, I mean, my God. Yeah, the whole, and that's why I believe that $40 million could have gone into this movie, because they clearly built some crazy elaborate sets. And I'm being attacked by a small uh, yellow lab. Hang on. It happens. Yeah. Okay, man. Go easy, bro. Okay, Ask him what sorry his thoughts were on nothing but trouble. Well, apparently not good. Yeah, I don't blame him. Okay, chill your boots. Okay, we're good. My goodness. Sorry for that. Yeah. Um, where, what? So did we go through all the titles yet? Define titles. Uh, originally called Git, G-I-T. Yeah. Which, yeah, I'm glad they didn't go with that. I don't know. Do you like Valkenvania better or nothing but trouble? Oh, Valkenvania would have won me over and it would have had a more lasting impression like over the years. Yeah. Nothing but trouble just blends in with all the other. Yeah. Valkenvania is the best. I've referenced uh, a couple times this week that this is the movie that uh, we're going to talk about. And both times I called it nothing to lose. I was like, wait, no, that's not right. That's that's a Tim Robbins, Martin Lawrence comedy. I'm pretty sure. Another good movie. It has. It is a pretty good movie, but it just has one of those titles that, like Demi Moore says the line at one point. I guess maybe that's where they got the name from. She calls Chevy Chase nothing but trouble. It fits the movie, I guess. But yeah, ironic. If you hear the name Valkenvania, you 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 take a moment and go, oh, what's that? Whereas if it's like nothing but troubles, like ah. and this same with Road s- to Ruin, the other working title. Slapstick nonsense. Oh, I didn't even know that was a working title. Oh, that one doesn't God. even make sense. Oh, yeah. Road to Ruin, Git, Valkenvania. I knew Git, yeah. which is a terrible title. Oh, and did you know about Trick House? I did hear Trick House on the okay. bonus features. So the other way to go is Trick House? All right. That's my second place. Valkenvania, <laughs> Trick House, nothing but trouble. That's all we get. Trick House feels like the the 11 p.m. The takeout is gone. Everyone just wants to leave. And like, fucking, I don't know. Silly house, funny house, trick house. Yeah, yeah. Right. Trick that house. Down. Maybe write trick house down. All right. And then John night. Hughes apparently uh, was offered director, and he was like, "No." Yeah, he said. I guess he only directs scripts that he writes. And then uh, John Landis was offered it and just said, this is awful and no. Man. And yeah, so Aykroyd eventually just took over directing duty because no one else would. And he just wanted to get the movie made. He didn't actually want to direct it. But he, you know, he needed to get this vision out into the world. He needed to make sure we all got it. This is terrible. Now, what about the Tupac cameo? Yeah, so... (laughs) At one point, not really connected to anything. So at this point, uh, the Brazilian couple has fled. Oh, through the latrine. 
Yeah, and are helped yeah. by the so John Candy actually is in dual roles. He plays the uh, the cop who helps them get away because he hates what he's doing, and they're like, "Why don't you come with us?" And then he also plays uh, that character's sister. Yes, a mute named what is it? Meldona. Eldona. Eldona. Yeah, and then that becomes a whole thing where Chevy Chase is forced into marrying her. It's all a big thing, but. And uh, her dad is the judge. Well, her grandfather's of course. the judge. Her grandfather's a judge. And what did he say about her? Struck uh, dumb by a thunderclap at birth? Yeah. Or something crazy. Which is maybe That's... one of the only lines that got a little like chuckle out of me. And yeah. She's apparently like a grade A mechanic. Which, yeah. I, is that meant to explain that she built all the stuff? Did I miss I'm that? I'm pretty sure she was the one chopping up the buses and the adult babies were helping. As far as oh, I Oh, yeah. Say. Yeah. So also, yeah. So when Demi Moore gets out, she finds two giant, gross babies that are full-size dudes, but they aren't allowed to live in the house, so they live in the scrapyard. So that's Dan Aykroyd and his friend. It all feels improvised. It's all terrible. They're eating a lot of cereal. They're yeah. The baby talk. It's very uncomfortable. It feels like in the moment they thought it was hilarious. Like they're putting on these silly voices and it's all just like, you're the fat one. I'm not the fat one. You're the fat one. It's like, this probably felt really fun at the time. Early nineties was a very special time for that sort of humor. Yeah. 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 You could never make this movie now. I don't think. Oh God. What could you make nowadays? Who's how can anyone make anything anyway? I it's so it's, because they propose that it's a horror comedy, but eh. like that's what yeah. Dan Aykroyd says. He set out he, God, what movie were they watching? Hellraiser. He said they were Hellraiser. watching Hellraiser, and people were laughing because they wanted to. It's like when people, you know, people laugh at a horror movie because they, you know, it's cathartic. Like you're scared, but you laugh, so it's like, oh, it's all going to be okay. And they wanted that. Like people will be like <gasps> so scared, and then they'll laugh. But apparently, it was darker, and then the studio said, oh, you got to tone this down so now we kind of get this weird mostly a comedy but with like dark moments of like people yeah. getting killed and like, like they you, you'd play it at a sleepover and like i don't know 30 percent of your friends would be like okay yeah good movie and the other ones would be like turning white in the corner because they're not used to that bone stripping action yep and the bags of ice rock crack cocaine or whatever they were talking about and yeah yeah they're again uh, Ackroyd's goal of i wanted to make a, a something for the whole family it's like, really although i'm pretty sure i saw this in a theater when it came out and i would have oh, been wow. six so back in the day when you could do anything there's well, probably three was, people smoking in that theater. Yeah, that was the days we talked about when my brother would just go, I want to see this movie and you're coming with me. Pretty sure Nothing But Trouble was one of those movies. Oh, man. So, six-year-old me, I guess it didn't, it must have left that much of an impression. Maybe at the bone stripper, it's like, all right, we should go. The you physical comedy would at least lull you to some sort of a laughing fit, right? Maybe, but as a six-year-old, I think I would have just been confused. All those squeaky toys? Like, there's an awful... There are a lot of squeaky toys, but there's a, a weirdly large amount of plot. Like, there's the back, the whole backstory about 
like Fausto and Rinalda and there's like the coal mine fire that's burning below the town and the judge hates bankers because fucking something to do with a bad deal that the town got struck with yeah Um, and then the it's based on Centralia Pennsylvania too eh the coal fire it is which yeah I know about that place because the Silent Hill video games are based on the same place. Shit, yeah. Um, so I appreciated that, but yeah, it's the same kind of idea. And then they, oh, they've been doing this for a long time. Like there's all these missing people and they killed Jimmy Hoffa as a weird little side thing. And there's all these different, like there's the cop character and the Brazilians, they're off doing their own thing. And then to go back to what you're saying, Digital Underground, the band that Tupac was in at the time, uh, they get taken to go before the judge. And I guess the joke is that, you know, it's this 100-year-old backwoods white judge. He's not going to like these rappers coming in and rapping their rap music. But but he does. And it turns the whole thing on its head and we go, oh, you got me. So that's Baldwin Zero and Digital Underground plus at least one, as far yep. as we know. Yeah. Tupac, uh, he doesn't actually get to do We see him. This is his first like on-screen role, but his part of the song is not featured in that moment. It is featured during the end credits. Uh, I don't know. The, the All Around the World, same song, I think, is the name. It's a good song. Oh, it's an earworm. But uh, boy, it sure doesn't need to take up five or six minutes of the movie just if in the rec- dead ass middle. Oh, yeah. But if you recall, it was also used in the, oh man, the film Casper, I believe, with. Oh, I think it was. Oh, you know who? Devin Sawa. Yeah. And Christina Ricci. Yes. Of Now and Then fame. Yep. Both applicable yeah. to both. I'm pretty sure I saw Casper purely because I had a boyhood crush on Christina Ricci. No comment. That means unless she's listening. Uh, uh, she, I think she fell off around episode 60, but mm-hmm. we're trying to get her back. She of little faith. Yeah. It's like, what are you? What, are you, what else are you doing? You know, busy with anything else, Christina Ricci. Yeah. No, she has the time. Shit like that's not going to get her back on board. We're going to get a cease and desist. Yep. <laughs> she's going to deliver it in person because she's got nothing better to do. <laughs> my God. She's like, not only do I Google my name, I listen to podcasts in case I come up. Um, what else? I'm certain. I mean, we can go all day on this, but highlights the, being. Yeah, that's the uh, thing is this whole movie, we could just say, and that this happens and that this happens. Like it, it is. It, like spoilers for my end thoughts. I don't think it's a good movie by any means. I don't think it succeeds as a comedy. I don't think it succeeds as a horror movie. But God damn it, is it an interesting watch? There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Like the the crazy just never ends. There's always some weird bit of like even after, like, okay, the giant baby men, where do we go from there? Demi Moore is strapped to what is it? What is the thing called again that's going to slice her up? Oh, man. That weird blade that they drop down in the watermelons from a... Yeah. It's uh, like a guillotine, but there's a bunch yeah. of them. Yeah, like a multi-guillotine. I don't know. It yeah, looks like so a farm she... implement. Like, Yeah. 
she gets strapped to that and then Chevy Chase almost gets cut up in Mr. Bone Stripper, but it breaks for reasons I don't think are ever conveniently explained. Be- because Chevy Chase went through there, that's why. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things in the back half of this movie that are just, that's good that that happened right in that specific moment. So it breaks and she's strapped to this thing and then they get away on a train and then they go to the cops and they say, hey, you got to come to this insane judge's house out in the woods. And then about 70 cops and SWAT officers go out to this house, which given the reveal, you know, spoilers for nothing but trouble. uh, They all like the judge because he takes care of the people that the system won't. Well, he could step that up a notch, but that's a whole other episode. We won't get there, but man, and I guess it's all this collusion. Yes, there's, and it's done in the in a. Honestly, that probably should have been the end of the movie. Um, that reveal, like, because they go to the judge and he's yeah. First, he's pretending to be this senile old man, and then he reveals like, oh yeah, all of these like the seventy people who came with you apparently just for this funny prank are all my buddies, like. And they're like, I think that probably right there should have been the end of the movie. Like, uh oh, they're fucked. But it's not. Oh, man. What <laughs> the, did they do with this in ending? And the, the second convenient timing after the bone stripper breaks right before Chevy Chase is about to go through it, the coal fire worsens. Uh, I think the seams open up, as I understand. Yes. So the seams and open up because they the coal swallow fire. the house. So like everybody runs, so they get away. And then at the end, they're back at Chevy Chase's house and he's having nightmares and he wakes up and he's like, oh, thank God, all that's over. And then he turns on the TV where they're saying, you know, hey, we're here at the remnants of where the big thing happened. Here's this guy. And then it's Dan Aykroyd who holds up Chevy Chase's driver's license and says, we're all going to move in with my grandson-in-law. And then Chevy Chase (sighs) jumps through the wall yeah. And leaves like a wily e. coyote hole where he Which, was. In an animated feature, that's completely yeah. acceptable. But if we're watching Roger Rabbit, yeah. Sure. Yeah, one of those crossover animation things. But even as a young boy, I remember looking at as a child who dabbled in physics. Yep. Um I didn't like that. I it was too much. It's it, too much. Yeah, it was like it was filmed two years after the rest of the film. They do admit that they weren't happy with the ending, that it was just sort of, look, we need to end it somehow. And they did yeah. that and just figured this will do. I, I still think they should have ended it with the cop reveal, but hey, I'm not cop Dan Cop reveal would have been great. Train wreck. Yeah. Asteroid. Um, there's hard to think of things that wouldn't be better than cartoon because yeah it's a really over the top insane almost zero basis in reality movie yeah but even that just feels too far because the the comedy side of it has been fairly grounded it's the other side that's been like the horror side that's been more elaborate and cartoony so i don't know just the i don't know him leaving a human-shaped hole in the wall. Well, just, it's, it doesn't it's work. Not seen often, right? It's no. vaudevillian. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah, cartoonish, I guess. Like, yeah, I think it's like they were trying to go for the, the sequel setup, I guess. 
but it's an easy well, situation to avoid. He's rich; he can just move. And that well, kind yeah. of insinuates what he's gonna what he's gonna do. He's not not rich at the end. And the whole movie is basically rich people fear of if I leave my rich people environment, backwoods people are gonna get me. Whoa! Hey, that was pretty good. Right? I think there's a whole class thing here. I mean, I know that, well, there is. Dan Aykroyd hates bankers. Like, the reason he's going to kill Chevy Chase is he just hates bankers. And Chevy Chase is like, oh, I left the comfort of New York, and this is what happens. Let's let this be a lesson to you other richies. Oh. This the is 1% a whole are theory. ready to strip you of your bones, because the Daniel Baldwin, the his little group seem like they're definitely well off. So Well ill-gotten gains on their part yeah i guess drug dealers and so they you know they that's 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 what this movie is secretly all about it's a warning to the rich people that this is what happens if you stray away from your rich people community i know of a community around here like that but i can't talk about it but like a Valkanvania community oh i think there's a couple of Valkanvanias uh up north <laughs> of a certain highway that we both know of but uh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Or Valkenvani-esque type that's activity. I, that's why I'm going to heed this movie's advice and not leave the suburbs. Yeah. Why I take the chance? All, we've all rented a cottage up in that area a time or two. Yeah. Many years ago. But not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> not because of this movie. I mean, that's kind of, I think those are the, that's the, the major beats of nothing but trouble. Interesting. It was also the town that they filmed in where he ran the stop sign uh, was used in a Gary Cooper film. I was waiting for you to say the name of the film. Well, nah, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> I can't remember that, but uh, it was Gary Cooper. All right. Strong, silent type. Just quickly running. I didn't actually take notes because I was just too enraptured by what was happening in front of me, I guess. Too well, I mean, mind boggled. As a kid, I think I could probably just enjoy the steady stream of like creatures and like, the humor definitely aims to like at one point the judge farts. Like that's that's yeah. what we're working. That's what we're working with here. Because at one point Dan Aykroyd farts and he has a penis nose. And he eats a hot dog and it looks real gross because he's an old man. And there's John Candy in a dress. Like that's that's what we're working with here. Oh. John Candy in a dress doesn't do anything funny. It's just funny because that's crazy. John Candy doesn't usually wear a dress. And apparently he really didn't like doing that. Uh, and there's a story from the set where people would give him a hard time and he would just respond and say, oh, yeah, the things I'll do for a million dollars. And then that would apparently would shut people up. Man, I would dress as anything for a Milski. Yep. But uh, yeah, apparently John Candy, this was, you know, he, 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 all accounts say he was very nice on set, but it definitely had an air of like, I'm doing this for the money and to help out my friends. But if I didn't have to do this, I would not. John Candy always seemed like a very good soul. He did. By all accounts, he was a super good guy. Like I've heard kind of the same about basically everyone except Chevy Chase. Demi Moore, I've heard conflicting things about uh, her time on this on this movie. I don't think she's particularly proud of it, but 
She's he's like uh, kind of doesn't really talk a, about it. She's a pretty lady, though. That hey, there's a reason why Chevy Chase was willing to drop everything and drive her all the way to Vegas, having just met her like an hour before. Huh. So, what is she up to these days? That's you heard about the town that her and Bruce Willis and uh, yep, yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I have not started listening to that podcast yet, but. Mostly because I have my own Bruce Willis podcast and I can't accept that anyone out there is trying to compete. But uh, yeah, apparently they tried to buy a town in, was it Idaho? Yeah, I think in Idaho when they like really did a good job of buying it, like a creepy amount of buying a town. Uh, They owned the theater, everything was free, but then they'd give stuff away and Bruce would be like, God damn it. And I mean, I wasn't there. I'm only paraphrasing, but. That sounds like something Bruce Willis would say, though. I mean. He was just a, it was just unpredictable. And apparently like people had to sign all these, uh, what do you call it? Uh, do not disclose agreements. And oh, non-disclosure stuff. agreements. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was like bad, but uh, yeah, then they just walked away because it just wasn't feasible. But he bought her, uh, bought uh, Demi Moore there, uh, bought her a house just to keep her dolls in. Oh God. Okay. I did not hear that. So yeah, like a, a mansion and like, yeah. Then just filled it full of like two thousand dolls, which is not, you know, that's which own, is totally normal. That's its own fucking nothing but trouble movie right there. Well, the, the Demi dollhouse. Maybe Demi's got some stuff still, you know, going on in the background. That's why she had to do that. Continue buying dolls, like the Winchester Mansion, almost or something. You know, maybe she could, you know, have some demons. Miss Moore, don't you think you've had enough? I'll tell you when I've had enough. Mm-hmm. Apparently she does a podcast now, but not like a Demi Moore podcast. It's like a fiction podcast and she does the voice. So, oh. yeah. She needs to do a nothing but trouble podcast. I Someone should. I mean, I guess we are, but I want to hear, yes. I want Demi Moore to start um, a podcast where she breaks down every episode is the next minute of nothing but trouble. If not, Dan Aykroyd could, could probably do it. There's probably enough going on in each individual scene to get a few minutes out of every minute of that movie. Like For it, her behind the scenes, uh, you know, regaling, that could be huge. Yeah. I, I'll say again, I'll say this. I was never bored. I was never really enjoying myself, but like it's a quick movie. Flies by. There's always something insane happening, so it's just, you know, it's a horror comedy and I didn't really laugh and I wasn't scared. So Yeah. Mm. Similar to Uh-oh. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, it sort of leaves you feeling a little bit unwashed and confused. It Yes, there's a grit to this movie that just makes you feel unclean. Like, just everything about it is goopy and <laughs> drippy. It's a very drippy movie. Dusty also. Yeah. I will agree with you. Oh, Just, um, little other note. Uh, the same guy who did uh, the judge's makeup did Freddy Krueger's makeup. Ah, I mean, the makeup is really good. So, yeah, I believe it. I actually I saw, too, that Dan Aykroyd won uh, like worst actor, like a worst actor Razzie for his role as the judge, which feels unfair. Fuck he's, you. You act like a you act like that. Yeah. Like he's good. Like the it, it's odd. 
even if I don't find what the character is saying funny, it's certainly a character. Like he's really going for it. I'd like to so see Cisco or Ebert get up and try to, you know, duplicate something like that. But oh yeah, that was my Ebert anecdote. I was gonna say as apparently oh. uh, it was when he saw this in a the theater. It was him, five or six other people, including a couple teenagers who were just loudly mocking the movie. And apparently he went over to them and said, "Could you please mock it louder so I don't have to hear this thing." <laughs> <laughs> so he pretty famously well all critics hated it but he hated absolutely loathed the movie like it was Man. trashed when it came out even when the blu-ray came out and people were like oh my god finally there was so many people like no this is an object like you're, you're misremembering this is an objectively bad movie why are people excited about this i mean i bought it i what? remembered thinking it was all right I mean, Man. I, I don't know what your thoughts were this time, having probably had a bigger attachment to it than I did growing up. But I, I'm sticking um, with what I said. It's not good, but it's interesting. It is a fascinating failure of a movie. I I want to force one or both of my children to watch it if I'm blessed enough to be around where I can still <laughs> capture their attention long enough to make them watch something. But what age do you think? They'd be ready oh, for it. Oh man, because it, it's it goes from like reasonably appropriate to totally inappropriate. So the first scenes are just Chevy Chase talking shit and trying to get laid. Yeah, yeah. I almost have to skip over that. But like, but then then you just get to the bone stripper. Eight. Eight's a good age for bone stripper scenes, right? I feel like Ten. an eight year old could probably hack it. Yeah. I mean, I was six and I turned out fine. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> she made this after, Demi Moore made this after Ghost. Oh my God. Right after Ghost and somebody else did something pretty major before they did this. It was and Dan Aykroyd. He did Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, so they probably looked at him like, well, here's a fine, <laughs> here's a fairly normal person with a normal approach to things. Didn't Demi Moore win the, oh no, um, Whoopi Goldberg won. Oh, she wasn't even nominated. Okay, never mind. She won a mm. Saturn Award. Either way, she was in Ghost, which is pretty huge. So it's weird that this was next for her. Dan Aykroyd, I get, maybe after driving Miss Daisy, they're like, what do you want to do next? And he went, Falconvania. Oh, man. He's, they went, oh, okay. changing the title. Like, they wouldn't even be able to keep up if every week he was like, Road to Ruin, get Vulcanvania. Okay, yeah, you go, Dan. Hello? Yeah, this is Dan. The movie's called Trick House now. Fuck you. Click. Yeah, almost like in Casino where they kept changing his job title like to food and beverage manager. So he oh, yeah. get to like, yeah. Ooh, uh. I'm very curious actually now before we wrap it up here. What did Dan Aykroyd like? This feels like the kind of movie that comes out and then you don't get to do anything for a while, but I mean, he had My Girl the same year, so that was probably a pretty helpful bounce back. Mm. Yeah, he was fine. Sneakers, Chaplin, Coneheads, My Girl 2, North, Exit. Man, he had a... Dan Aykroyd's been in a lot of shit. Dan Aykroyd is the man. I do love Dan Aykroyd, but oof. He has had some ups and downs in his career. Man. Still working, though. I mean, he's in the um, new Ghostbusters. He's in that new Ghostbusters. So, 
what no oh man like the one there's a new new ghostbusters right yeah there's a uh, a new new one coming out uh next week but it's an actual sequel to ghostbusters 2 oh god with it's like egon's grandkids okay and i think are, i'm ready for it and apparently the original i'm sure they don't show up till the very end and it's just like here we are and that's it but, but they are in it well that's all i need to hear yeah so yeah, that's my final thoughts on nothing but trouble. Where where is your head at on this one? Um, it's a tough one to wrap up because, as, like you said, if it had been done with the house collapsing, the cops, the coal fire, that just would have been a good wrap. But Chevy Chase running through the wall just leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth. It does taste oh. like Chevy Chase, which is not a taste you want. It no. just tastes bitter. Uh, cigars and sour feet. Bitter and sad. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Chevy Chase doesn't show up and punch either one of us in the stomach after saying these disparaging things, but he doesn't know how technology works. We'll be fine. He's like 80, or we'll be all right. Well, Demi Moore is still in shape. She could beat the shit out of us, so we need to be careful what we say about her. But G.I. Jane, shout out to Dan Aykroyd. Yes, and Dan Aykroyd, all the love to Dan Aykroyd. Bravo. Jimmy Chase. Eh. Oh, and a story by Peter Aykroyd. He's fine, too. I think he was involved with Ghostbusters, is, 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 so it's all hmm. good. So I guess that's nothing but trouble. Yep. Probably don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, like, you can you give it a go, I guess. Yeah, that, I, that would be me. If I was uh, Cisco, I'd be like, hey, you can watch it. Yeah, that's yeah. just it. Like, hey, there are. There are it's a, it's the kind of movie you would never see anymore. It, it's reeks of the early '90s when these Saturday Night Live people could just be like, "Here's a movie where I'm a pimp, but I'm a secretly a robot." Like, all right, yeah, we'll make that. Wayne's World. Yes, like pre pre Wayne's World. Like, yeah, just goofy '90s nonsense that I feel like nobody would take a chance on now. Now, would I describe it as a comfort film, a guilty pleasure, a what have you? Of course. Yeah. But I'm not going to do my thesis on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, is there something you're currently enjoying that you want to shout out? I don't think I have anything, so. Uh, I like to walk the dog up the road. Uh, going outside that's a new one for us (laughs) sometimes with the kids in a wagon but not for a long time for some reason but uh yeah they like uh reactivated the rock quarry up the road so there's these giant piles of gravel you see uh that's uh yep that's basically the extent of my activities past work but (laughs) yeah trying to think Forza Horizon 5 just came out. Oh, man. And uh, that's a really nice looking game. I haven't got to play much of it, but. My only gaming experience is um, Sim Farm on the uh, Windows 7 laptop. And, uh, well, it's pretty, pretty clunky. We can just give a general shout out to the mid 90s run of Sim games, really. Sim to SimCity 2000, SimCity 3000, perhaps 4000. Sim Farm, Sim Golf, um, Sim Isle, 
Sim Isle. Was, I, yeah. I never actually played that one. I remember I was so excited because um, Sim Earth was out for Super Nintendo, but no one locally had it to rent. And we went somewhere for to visit someone. And I brought my Super Nintendo along. We were there for like a week or whatever. I'm like, let's go rent a game. And they had Sim Earth. And I was thrilled. And it's just just a confusing garbage game. But oh, yeah. No, god awful. Like, so sad. Yeah. It's like, if you could build a, building a city so fun, it'll be so cool to build a whole planet. It's like, all right, what do you want the atmospheric gas pressures to be? It's like, I'm going to just turn this up and play Doom. Yeah, because I'm like seven years old, right? What do I know, right? Yeah. City planning was like, I'm sure if we looked back at the cities we were building, I remember what we did. It's like, we need to build 30 police stations together in a clump right here. Yeah. That's the only way. No, I I found myself trying to replicate that like recently, and I'm not sure we were correct. I feel like we were better at that game when we did stuff like that versus now. And I'm like, I'm going to really think about this and I'm going to really try and like solve the problems Whereas before, if there was like they were complaining about traffic, we just delete the roads. <laughs> be like, fine, yeah, you can't go anywhere around here, yeah. and it would be okay. Build five stadiums. Yeah, just a cluster there. of stadiums. This town needs twelve airports, all right here. Yeah. No, I love. So it. there you go. So shout out to SimCity because that's all I want to play right now after talking mm-hmm. about it. So I'm gonna go look into that. Um. Uh, follow what's the TikTok account? Give a shout out for the TikTok um, account to go follow McMullen Appliance on so, TikTok. Go follow that on TikTok. Uh, it's pretty easy to get lost down the rabbit hole of those videos. So, go edutainment, edutainment, yes, perfect. Kind of like SimCity, yeah, it's edutaining. Uh, it's the SimCity of TikTok. There wow. you go. Uh, there you go. So, Thank you for spending part of your Friday here discussing 1991's Nothing But Trouble. No one else would ever discuss it with me, so this is <laughs> Cause, huge. Because I guarantee we can feel special knowing we're the only people on the planet doing this right now. And that's kind of cool. Other than hopefully Dan Aykroyd and somebody else right now, coincidentally, yes, under the more. same moon. Yeah. It's the, that kind of night where ideas are in the air and like, hey. Yeah. Uh, Thank you to Tev Sound for the theme song. Thank you to everyone for listening. Remember to go check out. We got that uh, Good Willis Hunting podcast going on where uh, Sam and I are reviewing bad Bruce Willis movies or sometimes surprisingly good Bruce Willis movies, but all ones that have gone past theaters and straight to DVD and video on demand to see what the hell those are all about and rank them as we go so that you have the definitive ranking of bad Bruce Willis movies. And always remember... What's an Bruce iconic? Willis is going to kick your ass. Ugh. I don't think he goes on the internet either. He seems like that kind of guy. If he you catches he wind does. of it, we're in trouble. Yes. Yeah. He's a one-man wrecking crew. I am not looking forward to the phone call of like, hey, it's Walter B. So, oh, I knew this would come. Did not expect you to refer to yourself as Walter B, but I knew this would come. Uh, what's, an, what's an iconic nothing but trouble line that we can go out on here? Put out that dog rocket. I don't remember him saying that, but all right. The judge said it to Chevy Chase because he lit a cigar in court. Oh, yeah. Mine was, that's like a bunch of spiders and a birthday cake. Which oh, I don't know what yeah. That means, but he Guess says who's it. got 
Yeah, he said, guess who's got the front seat to the Mexican hat dance now? Which I'm sure I'm not supposed to say anymore. That's when I knew I might hate this movie. So, yeah. There we go. Good night, everybody. To another.